Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Straight out of Austin, Texas, it's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, statesman sports columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first on Second Thought. Good afternoon, everybody. I want to say I'm so excited to be a part of the Marquette Nation. That was the brand new head coach at Marquette University, Shaka Smart, getting introduced to Rockus Applause. This is On Second Thought, the Austin American Statesman Sports Podcast. I'm Cedric Golden, along with the Doug Kirk Bowles. Shout out to Hook'em and Bud Life for, for making this all possible. More on Shaka later, Doug, but for now, at the, at the current time of this recording, the Chris Beard watch continues. And continues and continues <laughs> and continues. This is the longest-running serial show in history. So, as as you said, we're, we're taping this Wednesday afternoon. So, it could change before we hang up on our Zoom call here, and it just might. But I don't think all that much has changed. I think Chris Beard's still their number one target, and I'm not sure who's number two. I think Royal Ivy is – probably down the list a little bit. I'm not saying that was a courtesy call because I know the tower is interested in him, but it wasn't a Rooney rule deal. Was it? I don't think it was a Rooney rule and there may be some of that in spirit, but I know they like him. I know Hartzell and Del Conte like him, but the lack of head coaching experience would worry them. And if Chris Beard was somehow to say no and stay in Lubbock, who knows how far down the list they go. Because I don't think there's a clear number two target, and that that's worrisome. Um, well, we, we've talked about Eric Musselman, we've talked about Dana Altman. Those are some really successful coaches. But the one thing about Texas and these last few major coaching hires, Duck, um, they wanted Shaka Smart, so they right. went and got him. Right. Um, they didn't, you know, I, uh, we both believe they've made runs at Nick Saban on more than one occasion, but Nick didn't want to come here. Uh, I think football. he might have wanted to come, but, you know, Bill Powers didn't want him mm-hmm. and Steve Powers and the AD didn't want him because they thought he was too big. He would overshadow the university. What's wrong with might. that? What's wrong with that? <laughs> which he might. But Darryl, that was Royal, Darryl Royal was big. Come uh, on. Yeah, different times. Different, Different times. times, yeah, yeah. They uh, that's some very that's some ego stuff. You're right. I mean, usually Chris Del Conte's gotten who he's wanted. You know, he wanted Vic Schaefer, targeted him, and got him last April to replace Karen Aston. Uh, he wanted Steve Sarkeesian. Now, now they'd rather had Urban Meyer, but that was such a long shot. Uh, he got Mike White, the softball coach out of Oregon. Good hire. Good hire. Uh, Real, the track coach. 
uh, they got him too. So he's hired good people and he has a very good track record. And, and uh, I was kidding them that if they hire Chris Beard, they might put a Del Conte statue up uh, somewhere on campus. So of course, who knows how long that shelf life has. You know what though, Doug, this is, this is CDC's legacy right now. Yes, it is. Yes, uh, it is. Major hire with Vic Schaefer, uh, more on him a little later. Um, Mike White was an upgrade from Connie Clark. Vic Schaefer's already an upgrade from Karen Aston. Uh, we, we must congratulate for taking the head coaching job at UT San Antonio. Um, Good for yeah, her. he's got, he's, uh, he comes in his first year and uh, immediately making some noise. And um, Karen's biggest thing was, uh, first she, she was beating most everyone else except for Baylor. And then she, she's starts losing to other teams. And, and so, um, I, I would say right now with, with Sherry Cole leaving uh, Oklahoma, I think Vic Schaefer's got it, got it going. So, but back to beard, um, real quick, I think that he's got his little fiefdom in Lubbock. He does. And would it be a fiefdom in Austin? Would you be able to get those those name JUCO transfers, those great grad transfers? Um, it's harder for a JUCO kid to get into Texas than it is for Tech. And so uh, I wonder how much that has played a part in this thing still drawing out because usually if he's not coming, if a coach isn't coming, they'll put a, they'll get an extension right away. Mm-hmm. Or they'll put something out there saying, I'm staying. Right. And this thing, as we said at the outset, has dragged on so long that, you, you know, the old adage where there's smoke, there's fire. Well, there's a, a California wildfire. I mean, it's a full blaze. And as you said, I mean, you know, Chris Beard can end this anytime he wanted it. He could end it a week, 10 days ago, you know, if he wished just put out the word. The fact that it hadn't has to really concern the Texas tech faithful. Uh, and you know, the ball's in Chris's court, you know, it's pretty obvious that he, it's his choice whether he wants to come to Texas or stay at Texas tech. And, uh, he is, he is the mayor of Lubbock. He's got total control, uh, footballs in the dumpster at Texas tech right now. It's a basketball and- school now, Doug. Is a basketball school. He's shown he can win big there. He, he got to the championship game. He lost it overtime to Virginia. He was in the lead eight before that. Had a good team this year. Not a great team, but a good team this year. And I always wonder if, if in his mind, what could he have done with Shaka's talent? How far would he have taken the Longhorns? Maybe they would have been a Final Four with him. He's, so a, better, he might, he's, he's a better coach than Shaka. He is a better coach, and he might have had access to better players like Jackson Hayes and Jared Allen and Mo Bamba and Jericho Sims and people like that. Now, he's gotten good talent at Texas Tech. But but do know, they he, have a guy on that team that's going to play in the league? No. They don't. Well, Shannon had a no. chance. But, I don't uh, think T.J. Shannon's going to be in the league. I don't think so either, but he's got much of chances than Andrew Jones or – Somebody like that. I, I, mean, I don't think neither one of those guys plays in the league. I don't. Matt McClung's not going to play in the league. No, I mean, no, I agree with you. They don't. They don't have NBA college. guys. They have yeah. great, really good college basketball right. players. Whereas right. Shaka, you look at his team, and you got two guys that are probably going to go on in the first round, and then you have a guy like Jericho Sims, who yeah. who's absolutely in play now to make an NBA roster. 
because yeah. of his sheer ability to guard and and rebound. So th- those are guys that might make it off yeah. off, off of a Shaka team. So Shaka, Shaka lost to Abilene Christian and uh, possibly with three NBA guys on his team. Yeah, and I just can't believe you know Chris Beard saw that and thought, oh my God, how are they losing to Abilene Christian? I mean. What did they shoot? Abilene Christian shot 29%. Both you know? games. Both games. Around and 30%. Then they, and then Texas had, what was it, 23 turnovers. And Texas just gave that away. Give Abilene Christian. They did what they had to do. And hats off to Abilene Christian. But the talent that Texas had and losing to them is inexcusable for a three-seed, Sid. A three-seed Texas was. So, you know, these Look, are the I'm, things I'm that – I'm watching. Kind of, I'm watching yeah. Tuesday night. Yeah, UCLA, Michigan. Yeah, Texas could play with either one of those teams and probably right. beat them both. I mean, I USC's got two good players. That Tiger Campbell is a good little point guard. Uh, Matt Coleman's better than Tiger Campbell. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yaquez is a is a good forward. Denard, those are nice players. Yeah, I really think I think I think Tech uh, UCLA would have had their hands full with Texas underneath and. They don't play the kind of blitzing defense that ACU was playing. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm watching that game the whole time. It's a 51-49 game, and I'm sitting there going, boy, Shaka, you missed your opportunity. It was set up for you, dog. You you were uh, – we watched uh, Alabama struggle. We watched Herbert Jones struggle. Those teams in Texas's part of the bracket were there for the taking, dog, including Michigan. Um, I mean, UCLA was 11th seed for Pete's sake. 11. A, fir- a, fi- a first four end is a final four team. If I took stock of that, I was like, you gotta be, you're going to have to be the first four team in, in the um, second round to get to the Elite Eight. I mean, I mean, the Sweet 16. And then Alabama was good, but Alabama wasn't great. I, I just – I saw that bracket, Duck. It was the first, bra- first part of the bracket I filled out. And I went – they're going to find, they have a chance to go to the final four. Mm-hmm. And I can't put it all on Shaka because Shaka's not out there turning it over 23 times. But man, you're only as good as your coach. And boy, they let that one slip away. And I think Shaka saw the handwriting on the wall. He could have come back next year, but he was never getting an extension. No, he wasn't going to get an extension. He knew it and he needed a change of scenery. And both he and Chris Del Conte knew it. And Smart of him to take that Marquette job. He's at a basketball school. Uh, you know, Marquette's dropped off lately. I mean, they won a championship in 1977, finished runner-up, you know, three years earlier in 74. And Butch you know, Ellis. Al McGuire built that program. But, I mean, Steve Wojciechowski, yeah, I was looking it up. Uh, five times in seven years, uh, Wojo and Marquette finished uh, six in the Big East or worse. So, you and know, I they, think I think Wojo got a longer leash because of the Coach K respect. I think so too. I think so too. But they've really dropped off. So, but you look at UCLA, and it's funny because you know they're the second team in history to go from first four to the final four, and the other one was Shaka's 2011 VCU. So there's some symmetry there. Doesn't it all just just come together? Yeah, it he is. He could, he could, he could have made history. Shaka could have gotten Texas to the final. Yeah, game. he's he's going to have nightmares about this season. He and still this, is. He still is. The rest of his life. The rest Even of all the players are kicking themselves. In twenty years, they're going to be like, "Oh my god, 
Yeah. And AC um, in 20 years, that class of, of 2021 at ACU is going to get together for their reunion and mm-hmm. they're going to put this on the flat screen and they're going to replay it. Yeah. Exactly. And they're going to, are going to all be 42 years old drinking beer and, and just thinking about how they made history for their school and Texas, the 2021 Longhorns, they made the wrong kind of history. And that's why the coach is no longer here. They did. And that's, you know, beards has to be wondering, is there something inherent is there something toxic in Austin, the Texas program that prevents them from, you know, maximizing their potential every year? I was looking at the the recruits and uh, at the start of this season, Shaka Smart in Texas had eight players that were top 60 national recruits, top 60. And you know how many Bader had? Bader had one. Davion Mitchell is number 59 composite ranking. Love him. Everybody else is below that. And, you know, he's getting – Scott Drew is, you know, he's figured it out. And I think Chris Beard believes the same thing. The key to winning in March is obviously guards. But, two, you got to get old and you got to stay old and experienced. And that's why Scott Drew, he gets guys from UNC Asheville – uh, from Presbyterian, from uh, Auburn uh, or Alabama. Jared Butler was from Alabama. And I don't even think he ever played there. So, you know, he's done a great job evaluating, obviously, because these were not, you know, top 60 or better recruits. And he's made it work. And that's the thing that Chris Beard's got to be wondering. Can I win and sustain it and win big in Lubbock? Or do I need to go somewhere else? On Second Thought. lovers are always looking for new and engaging content. The Already Gone podcast covers stories from Michigan and the Great Lakes region. Cases you haven't heard before, like the Mayo Hunters or the murder of 16-year-old Justin Mello, plus better-known cases like the death of Jane Bashara and Illinois' own Lori Dan. Already Gone started in 2016, so there is a big back catalog for you to enjoy. Find Already Gone on Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, or your favorite podcatcher. Duck, the Texas women had a really nice postseason. And Vic Schaefer is worth every nickel that they cobbled together to get him out of Stark Vegas. Yes, they uh, do. They, they lose 62-38 to, to South Carolina. Which is a which could win it all. I mean, they're that good under Don Staley. Um, didn't didn't score in the fourth quarter. That's unfortunate. Uh, but the future's bright for Vic Schaefer and the Longhorns on the forty acres. Twenty one and ten finish. Um, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what he has going back coming back. And um, before we dive into that, listen to what he just what he said. Um, following the game as we told him in the locker room this is the standard if i'm doing my job we're playing on march 30th every year if they're doing their job as student athletes we're practicing and playing every march 30th you know that's what we do at texas we're playing in the ncaa tournament we're playing deep into the tournament and hopefully in years to come we're playing for national championships um, so this this group played four games in the ncaa tournament you can only play six so ducky says a standard it's a standard that he's that 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 he's setting, and 
Um, they're establishing the standard. Um, I uh, We both expect him to bring in grad transfers. Right. They've got some McDonald's All-Americans coming in, those two guards from Cypress Creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to lose Charlie Collier. You're going to lose Tyra Lambert. But you're bringing back Celeste Taylor, who has a real chance to be the best two-way player in the league next year if she continues to make jumpers like she was near the end of the season. You bring back Joanne Allen Taylor, gritty, gutty, clutch. Though You bring back the blood and guts, Audrey Warren. Hopefully. If, Hopefully. if her concussion issues yeah. subside. Right. She was a long bright spot in that game against South Carolina. She had some big threes, kept them in that game. She kept them in the game. They just couldn't sustain. Um, so, I like what Vic is bringing to the table, and I think that they're going to be fine. Um, but, yeah, I hope that there isn't a kind of a hangover from going scoreless for the last three minutes of the third quarter and all of the fourth quarter. Um, they missed their last 20 shots. That's not, no, that's not good. I don't think they'll be hung. I think they're going to be motivated like you asked Vic Schaefer, and I think he's going to use this as fuel. You know, he, he, he might have fourth quarter signs all over the locker room like he like he mentioned uh, uh, in the post game. When he was they got at, run by 60. <laughs> yeah, got run by 60. So he had 60 plastered all over the Mississippi State. Uh, locker room, so he'll use anything as motivation. So I, I don't think it will be viewed as a downer in the off season. It'll be used as a motivator to kind of fuel their work. And and yeah, I don't think anybody anybody thought they had any chance of making that kind of run and beating a, a two seed in Maryland that averages ninety two points a game and a three seed in UCLA and and. I mean, South Carolina was just better than them. There's no question about it. But to be in the Elite Eight, when you finish fifth in the Big 12, fifth, okay, they were a sixth seed. and But that defense carried them forever. And then, as you said, the guards started to get hot. You know, Joanne Allen Taylor, Celeste Taylor, Audrey Warren picked it up. A lot of good dribble drives and didn't rely on Charlie Collier as much down the stretch. And, and that bodes well for the future, especially with three McDonald's All-Americans coming in. Well, you know that Vic Schaefer, I asked him of, um, before the season, I said something to the point of, we know you, we know you were brought in here to, to, to lessen that gap between Texas and Baylor in the Big 12. He goes, oh, no, no, I was brought in here to beat Baylor. I mean, yeah. didn't, oh, yeah. I, didn't mince words. No. He was brought in here to beat Baylor. And to yeah. beat Baylor means you got to beat Kim Mulkey. And, oh, my God, Kim Mulkey, duck. Wow. <laughs> Where do you start? Baylor, no. lo- Baylor loses 69-67 to UConn. Dejanay Carrington was fouled at the yeah. end of that game. Yes. With less than a second remaining. And Dejanay was fouled by two players, not just one. It's just, it was obvious. Refs yeah. swallowed their whistles. And I'm sure someone, yeah. Matt Coleman, was going, man, why couldn't they have refed our game? Because Texas might still <laughs> be playing. Because uh, uh, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't, that, that crew didn't swallow its whistle. And so. No, it didn't. And so Mulkey, of course, disappointed. And who could blame her? 
watch the tape. She was, I mean, they, they got, they got hoes on that last play, but that's not what people are talking about now because with Kim Mulkey, listen to what Kim Mulkey said after the game unprompted in the middle of a basketball conversation, she comes up with this gym. You know, and I want to say this to all of you. I don't think my words will matter, but after the games today and tomorrow, there's four teams left, I think, on the men's side and the women's side. They need to dump the COVID testing. Wouldn't it be a shame to keep COVID testing and then you've got kids that end up having test positive or something and they don't get to play in the Final Four? So you need to just forget the, sh- the, the, the COVID test and let the four teams that are playing in each Final Four go battle it out. So, Doug, uh, Mulkey basically said my team got beat. We can throw away the swabs now. We don't. We don't need to test for COVID. <laughs> Get that's, back on the way, though. Yeah, that, it's it's a totally irresponsible. Uh, and for her to say that after she herself had uh, contracted the COVID nineteen virus, and on the same Bader campus where the men had a twenty one day pause, and many of their players, you know, tested positive for the virus. It's just. Uh, I just I, I don't know where to begin with something like that, but it is totally irresponsible. Final Four, we love it that it's back, but there's no way it's better than life itself. So let's let's keep it real and put it in perspective there, okay? Can we? Here's the thing, Doug. We love that Kim Mulkey is outspoken and yeah. brash and good copy and. But some things you just don't do. And she's fiddling with her mask. I, was, I wonder if Kim Mulkey has even worn a mask in the last six months. Someone, <laughs> she's a person who has had COVID. She's had yep. it. And yep. so uh, she was fiddling with that mask. And it was one of the, it's ba- the basic blue mask with the little lines on it that we've all worn, the cheap one. And she's fiddling around with it like, I haven't worn a mask in a long time. Because, Doug, yeah. we've all gotten quite adept at, like, boom, I put that mask on, it takes two seconds. I'm ready to roll. And so she hasn't uh, – anytime she goes off script, it's usually bad for Baylor. <laughs> uh, at one point yeah. she goes, you hear someone say you don't want to come to Baylor, you hit him in the face. Just hit him in the face. She said that. Um, you know, going – taking her kids to see Donald Trump and eating cold hamburgers. Uh, when you know when you you look at that roster and it doesn't exactly come across as a Republican looking roster, you if you get my drift. And so little things like that, the Brittany Griner thing, discouraging her from from uh, you know openly uh, being mm-hmm. who she is, right? Uh, gay um, while she was on campus, uh, Griner blasted her in a book. So those kind of things are part of the Mulkey makeup. And you take the good you with the bad. And this was one of those bad moments. Sometimes you just got to say, you know what? We're disappointed we lost. Uh, I'm upset. I'm bitter. I've got some things that I'd like to say to try to get the conversation away from this game. But I probably just need to get out of here and get on that bus and get back to Waco. Probably should have, but she didn't choose that route. So <laughs> I guess some people might say, well, that was karma, you know, for not getting the call against uh, UConn, which is now in the final four, 13th year in a row. 
uh, I don't know, but it's also, it's just got to worry her that she and her lady bears went as far in the NCAA tournament as Vic Schaefer and his crew <laughs> of, uh, Charlie Collier and a bunch of all big 12 honorable mention players. And they went the same distance because Vic Schaefer's coming for her. He is. And it's, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be one hellacious rivalry because Bader ain't going away. We know that. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. And as you said, I think you can get a lot of grad transfers. Uh, uh, you know, I noticed that six Mississippi state players are in the tra- transfer portal already. You know, who knows? If where, are they, where are they going? I don't know. Who knows if a Madison Hayes, all SEC player for Mississippi State, shows up in Austin? Who knows? I don't know what the statute of limitations. You're not really robbing them because you didn't take them with you uh, originally. But would you have any problem with Mississippi State players coming to Austin? All six of them? <laughs> that may be a problem. <laughs> Maybe a couple. Uh, man, maybe they just should just move to move the team base to Starkville, save some yeah, build gas. Up that, build up that uh, front court, that's for sure. I, I don't have a problem with it. I don't, you know, kids should play where they want to play. And uh, yeah. keeping it real on that, Vic, Vic Schaefer um, recruited those kids. Right. And he knows them. And if those those are the, the kids, if they want to come here and, and everything's good and – he thinks that's what he's going to need to get it done. Um, who's to say? What do you think? Oh, yeah, I don't really have a problem with it. You know, it'd be one thing if maybe you've got a commitment from a player at your old school and then you just, you know, steal them away immediately. I'm not sure what what uh, the protocol is for coaches nowadays and, and if it's all fair in game, uh, in love, war, and recruiting or not. But uh, – I think that's an issue. But like I said, just to go back to their finish, I mean, to go from fifth in the Big 12 to the Elite Eight and playing as well as they do, if if he gets some more offense, if he can uh, bolster that front court with some big girls, you know, they're going to be a lot better next year, even without Charlie Collier probably because of the recruiting and he's in his system for two years now. So, you know, sky's the limit for Vic Schaefer. Well, Duck, what do you think, uh, putting a bow on the man, the Final Four said you got an all-Texas matchup. Um, see, I told you a Texas team was going to make the Final Four. I was right about that. Um, Were you right about that? Uh, I had two teams in the Final Four from Texas. I just had <laughs> just the wrong – I got one of them right. I got Baylor. Um, Baylor-Houston in one semi, Gonzaga-UCLA in the other. You and You took the Zags, didn't you? No, you took the Baylor Bears to win the national championship, didn't you? Baylor Bears still alive and well, and uh, I got them advancing all the way. I know you picked Illinois, right? Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, You didn't have Illinois beating Texas in the championship game, though, did you? No, I just had Texas losing to Gonzaga in the national semi. Well, Gonzaga is the best team. I think we agree with that. But I like Baylor. I I always kind of hate just picking the favorite and going – Chalk uh, and Bader seems to have regained its form a little bit, but Houston's not to be dismissed. I mean, you know, offensive rebounding, they're second best in the nation. I mean, you know, first time since 84. So don't know if they'll pucker up any in the final four, but you know, Quentin Grimes and Marcus Sasser and you know, they're a physical bunch. 
you know, they'll hit you in the mouth and uh, Bader better be ready and have it strapped on. But I still see a Bader-Gonzaga final. I think Gonzaga is going to run UCLA out of the gym. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, Drew, Tammy, Jalen, so I mean, they just, they have like, they have five really, really good players and three very pretty good players coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, Timmy is a matchup nightmare. And if they, if they blow out, they blow out uh, UCLA, like I expect, uh, Baylor's going to really have his hands full with, mm-hmm. with Drew Timmy. They don't have a, they don't have anyone that can, I mean, no. he's, Mark Vital is like six, six. Um, yeah. It's not going to be big enough. And uh, I, I think Baylor Houston is going to be uh, one of those games where the winner is going to be in the mid to late eighties. That's kind of, I know they're both very good defensive teams, but those are some shot making dudes. Hey, Bader, think, they like they like getting out and going. They like running, and so I think that's going to be a track meet of the two games. That's going to be easily easily be the most intriguing. Yeah, I mean Bader leads the nation in three point shooting. Hasn't always looked like it in the tournament. You know they've had some off days. And, they won uh, one game where they were like three out of nineteen from three, and they won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they and uh, defensive rebound. They remember this is the thing that was eighth. In the ten team Big Twelve, so the, the you know, defensive rebounding has not been their forte. They're and, not very uh, big, Doc. They're just not very no, big. No, Flo Thamba's a big dude, but he don't play a whole lot of minutes. No, they don't have that size either. So it to me, it, it's you know Gonzaga. I think they're like fourteen teams have gone uh, unbeaten going to the Final Four, and we all know only one. You know, seventy six Indiana. You know, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I I, I hope. You know, I think Baylor's going to be Houston. I agree with you. I think Zaga probably runs the Bruins. And remember, UCLA lost four in a row before the tournament started. You know, they were on the bubble. You know, they had that play-in game uh, with Michigan State. And they've, they've gotten hot, which is what you got to do now. But I just – I hope – you know, I'm pulling for Baylor for the Big 12 and my bracket. But, you know, Gonzaga is the best team. So, uh, we'll see. Maybe it's a coronation. Maybe uh, maybe they'll dismantle Bader, but I think I think Bader's got enough guard play and experience that they won't be intimidated by Gonzaga. So we'll see. I just hope it's entertaining and close. On second thought, true crime lovers are always looking for new and engaging content. The Already Gone podcast covers stories from Michigan and the Great Lakes region. Cases you haven't heard before, like the Mayo Hunters or the murder of 16-year-old Justin Mello, plus better-known cases like the death of Jane Bashara and Illinois' own Lori Dan. Already Gone started in 2016, so there is a big back catalog for you to enjoy. Find Already Gone on Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, or your favorite podcatcher. Duck, before we get out of here, I mean, we haven't brought it. I don't think we brought it up on the podcast. A little bit of football. Um, first of all, Deshaun Watson. We know him. We've talked to him. We've mm-hmm. sat. We've sat on a stage with Deshaun Watson a couple of years ago at the Parmary Events Center in, in a room of a thousand people, and we 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 came away going. What a super kid, engaging, thoughtful, charitable, has a big heart. But the things that we're reading coming out of Houston, 
with these 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 alleged allegations of sexual misconduct involving masseuses. Duck, they can't all be wrong. They're just up to like 19 now. And what do you if you're the Houston Texans and he already asked for a trade, right? You got to be kicking yourself now because if you had traded him a month ago, you'd be like, Ooh, man, we dodged that bullet. But now, now you're stuck with a guy who may not even play this year. Yeah. His value's gone down. No question about it. But a lot of the quarters may be thinking, yeah, okay. Now we got leverage, you know, Houston knows they had to, trade him because he didn't want to play for them anymore. And now they use that, you know, and you wonder if this will hurt his big time money, no matter where he ends up the rest of his career. But uh, like you say, I mean, I think the number may be up to 21 massage therapists. I don't think I've had 21 massages in my life, you know, but. uh, uh, You're missing out, dog. You're missing out. Apparently, apparently. So uh, I don't know. It's, it's very disturbing. And you, like you think, we never really know somebody uh, like a celebrity. We think we do through TV and, and that sort of thing, but we really don't. Uh, but you just hope justice prevails. You hope uh, everything's on the up and up and there's nobody lying. And uh, we just have to let the courts settle out. But again, the Houston Texans lose almost always, no matter what. Oh, wow. <laughs> Way to so bring, got, way to bring a little bit of sunshine to the proceedings, man. Now they got damaged goods, and 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 and, and so to speak, because his value may have gone down. So I don't know what the you still think he'll be traded, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do maybe trade him to the Las Vegas Raiders, the Renegade Raiders, for Derek, for Derek Carr. I mean, who's who's still not thirty years old, but he's a he's a pretty good NFL quarterback, though. Hey, they've gone the car route, and that ran off the road. So uh, I think uh, don't want to keep it in the family. Just because David they cut block for David Carr, come on. David Carr was enough, you know. Uh, all the sacks that he had had to endure. So I don't know. It's really going to be really interesting. So many, it's so many good quarterbacks in this draft. You, you don't know. I mean, like you said. Las Vegas Raiders, given their history and Gruden loves quarterbacks, you know, that makes some sense. But uh, I don't know. Carolina needs a quarterback. Maybe Matt Rule will take a chance on him. Carolina needs a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. a lot of yes, stuff. they do. But it always starts with the guy behind center. What do you think, um, before we get out of here, the NFL owners have approved the 17-game <laughs> season. Yeah, Adding another game to the season. Taking away a preseason game, I believe, is the idea. Why don't you just go to 20 games, okay? Well, you know, you and I love Quit, quit piecemealing it and just, just do it. <laughs> we know where you want to go with it. You this just had to sneak at 17 for the CBA, and then in two years, hey, 18. Yeah, yeah. And we then by the time we're 80, they'll be playing like 30 games a year. And, uh, no. and we'll be in heaven. And what kind of carrot is one less preseason game? Come on. Those guys aren't playing. Those guys aren't playing in that game anyway. They ain't playing anyway. But the owners give it up because that's a payday. You know, that's part of the gate that they don't want to give up. So it's it's not as big a gate as that extra regular season game. How about yeah. that? 
Yeah, it's it's a bad deal for the health and safety of the players. They don't want to play more games. And, you know, I mean, the whole thing now is that everybody should be playing fewer games. The NBA, especially Major League Baseball, 162 games, too taxing, you know. So, but they're chasing the dollar, and and that's never going to change. I'm against it, but I'm for it because I love pro football, and I wish it last year-round. But for the players, I'd be against it. Where do you stand? I'm against it. I mean, for fantasy league purposes, I love it because there's an there's an extra game for, for me to get the Las Vegas derelicts back into the playoffs. But um, but as far as safety is concerned, man, you know, and there's some outspoken guys. And Quandre Diggs, we talked to him. We've had Charles Domenio on. Very outspoken. Charles tweeted, uh, does that mean we're getting more money? I mean, that's, that's the question. Uh, and my, exactly. my answer to that is, I bet you're not. I bet <laughs> you're not. You're not getting more money. You're just gonna get. You're just gonna get more bruises. That's what you're gonna get. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna get more games, and you're gonna like it, no matter what. On second thought. Well, that will do it for episode two fifteen of On Second Thought. Um, big basketball news. Still waiting on the beard watch. Um, we will be updating this this fluid situation on hook'em.com um, hopefully by next week uh, we'll have some resolution and we'll we'll hit it again probably get with Brian Davis and give you the latest but that'll do it for this week for the Duck Kirk Bowles I'm Cedric Golden we'll see you next time you've been listening to On Second Thought powered by hook'em.com join Seth and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.